98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. Tonight's headlines. Prosecutors in the SAR's first national security case say trial by jury isn't a right. A patient accused of misleading officials over an outbreak of a COVID variant is remanded in custody. And people held in a government quarantine camp say that they were left sick and short of essentials like toilet paper. Prosecutors in the case against Hong Kong's first national security suspect have defended the decision to deny him a trial by jury, saying this is not a constitutional right in the territory. Defence lawyers for Tong Yinket have brought a judicial review of the decision. Francis Set reports. Tong Yinket, who is 24, is charged with terrorism and inciting secession for allegedly driving his motorbike into a crowd of police officers while flying a protest flag on July the 1st last year, the day after the security legislation came into effect. Prosecutors are also planning to add another charge against him, dangerous driving causing grievous bodily harm pending a judge's approval. They said there cannot be a jury for Mr. Tong's trial, citing the personal safety of jurors and their family members, without elaborating. But defense lawyers challenged what they called the procedural impropriety, illegality and irrationality of the jury decision made by the Department of Justice. They said the Justice Secretary did not give them a notice of intention, a chance for the defendant to respond or adequate grounds for the decision. Senior counsel Philip Zach said the failure to accord procedural fairness makes the decision unconstitutional because it removes protection otherwise afforded by the basic law. But prosecutors argue that there is no duty under the law for the Justice Secretary to provide reasons for the decision, and defendants in Hong Kong do not have a constitutional or fundamental right to trial by jury. The High Court reserved judgment on the matter until next week. A man linked to a small outbreak of a mutant strain of coronavirus has been remanded in custody after being arrested at the weekend on suspicion of lying to health authorities. Jimmy Choi reports. The 30-year-old who arrived in the SAR from Dubai in March was found to be infected after he completed 21 days of quarantine and went out into the city. Authorities said last month that he most likely caught the variant strain while staying at the hotel in Chimsa Chou. The man's 31-year-old female friend was later found to have contracted the virus, as did three foreign domestic helpers whose infections were later traced back to the couple. The man is accused of knowingly providing false information to officials, an offence under the Prevention and Control of Disease Regulation, by claiming that he only visited Chimsa Choi and Jordan on April 10 and 11 and did not attend any gatherings. During a mentioned hearing at Kowloon City Magistracy, prosecutors said the defendant only told immigration officers this month that he had also visited Discovery Bay, Tongfuk, Citygate Outlets and the Novotel Citygate Hotel in Tongchong. The court refused to grant bail and adjourned the hearing to May the 31st. The man's female friend was also arrested on Saturday. She's accused of failing to provide information for contact tracing. She was in hospital and did not attend the court hearing, and her case will be heard on Friday at the earliest. People recently released from Penny Bay Quarantine Camp as part of a government policy reversal have spoken of their horror at the conditions inside, saying they were left with food poisoning and without basic necessities. Timmy Sung reports. The authorities had ordered thousands of people into quarantine for 21 days after infections involving a mutant strain of COVID were found in their buildings. But then on Friday, the government announced that all those who tested negative for the virus would be freed. A woman from Chimwan who gave her name as Renee 
told a commercial radio program that her family has suffered while being held at Penny's Bay. If I knew that they were going to feed us such food, I would have requested my whole family go to Stanley Prison, where at least we wouldn't get food poisoning. We didn't expect the food to taste good, but at least they could give us clean and hot meals. They can't just feed Hong Kong people dog food and give them food poisoning. Chinwan District Councillor Chiu Yanoi told an RTHK program that he had received dozens of similar complaints about the conditions at the quarantine camp on Lantau. These include a suspected food poisoning, a lack of toilet paper, and that no doctors were available at night, he said. The Department of Health said earlier that it would follow up on the complaints about the food at Penny's Bay and would look into whether the contractor involved had failed to meet the required standards. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. The Democratic Party's Andrew Wan has resigned as a district councillor. He's one of the latest pro-democracy figures to throw in the towel while behind bars awaiting trial. Damon Pang reports. Andrew Wan is one of scores of people accused of breaching the national security law by holding primary polls to choose candidates for LegCo elections. In a social media post, he notes that he also faces nine other charges, which he says the authorities have abusively slapped on him. Former lawmaker says the fact that he's on remand means there's really no way for him to continue in this role as a Kuiching district councillor. At least 15 other councillors had already resigned in recent months, some saying they would not take a planned oath of allegiance to the government. Several are facing the same subversion charge as Mr. Wan, an offence which carries a maximum punishment of life imprisonment. Another detained pro-democracy politician, Andy Chu, has also resigned as district councillor, saying he's no longer able to fulfil his duties while in custody. The jury at an inquest into the death of an anti-government protester in June 2019 was disbanded just hours after the hearing began today, when one of the five jurors told the court she couldn't fully understand Cantonese. A new jury will be selected tomorrow. Violet Wong reports. The inquest is aimed at determining the cause of the death of Marco Leung, who fell from the Pacific Place Mall in Admiralty on June 15, 2019, during a protest. Coroner David Ko said he had considered continuing with just four jurors, but decided it was better to start anew, considering the nature of the inquest, which will involve a total of 21 witnesses over 12 days. He also noted that Mr. Leung's family, who had called for an inquest, was not in attendance and police couldn't get in touch with them. Officers said the family had moved out of their Yunlong flat two months after the 35-year-old's death. The coroner said the court will still be presented with earlier statements from Mr. Leung's parents and his sister. Before the jury was dissolved, a police officer told the inquest there were no notices warning people not to approach a construction platform on the fourth floor of the mall from which Mr. Long fell. News footage played in court indicated that the protester had climbed up the metal scaffolding hours before he crawled out of the structure and fell to the pavement near an air cushion firefighters had set up for him. Lawmakers have given their backing to a government proposal to expand the Legislative Council complex. As Wang Yinting reports, a bigger building is needed to accommodate more members added to the body through Beijing's electoral overhaul. LegCo will grow from 70 members to 90 following this December's poll. And more offices will be needed for the new legislator staff. 
President Andrew Leung says the price tag for the expansion is not yet known. But work is expected to start in the middle of next year, and the three-year project will involve adding several stories on top of the existing building. Mr. Leung says his colleagues in a electrical commission meeting decided building a new wing near to the complex would be very difficult. And on-site expansion is the most cost-effective idea. This approach means that half of the council's new members will have to find temporary offices rather than working within the building. There's a real possibility that we need to rent offices for 45 members. However, we will look at different options to the actual area, whether we can rent or whether the members do their own rental arrangements. He says the Electrical Commission will meet again before the end of the month to discuss the options. The director of HKU's Journalism and Media Studies Centre, Keith Richburg, says he's disturbed and worried by a decline in press freedom. Mr Richburg cited as examples the prosecution of RTHK documentary producer Bao Choi, the sacking of outspoken RTHK reporter Nibella Kosa, and the arrest of Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai. He also noted that officials are becoming increasingly intolerant of criticism. The things you hear coming from government officials, it, nothing supporting press freedom. In fact, they seem to say, well, press freedom doesn't give you the right to do this, and you can't do that, and you can't do the other thing. And government officials uh, in the executive's office talking about fake news and talking about we got to do something about all this fake news. I've noticed lately there's this attitude where government officials seem to think that any type of criticism is in this word that they use, smearing. You know, you, if you talk about, if you raise questions about the Sinovac vaccine, question, why are you smearing the vaccine? <laughs> if you raise questions about the new electoral reforms, why are you smearing the electoral they don't seem to want any kind of criticism. It's been 13 years since the massive Sichuan earthquake killed thousands of children, and most of their parents have now given up any hope of getting justice. Despite repeated t- detentions and beatings by mainland authorities, however, at least two mothers are refusing to stop their quest for answers as to why school buildings crumbled in the quake. Richard Pine reports. Zhou Xingrong was going to a parent-teacher meeting in the city of Dujiangyan on the afternoon of May 12, 2008, when the earthquake struck. Zhu Yuan High School collapsed in front of her eyes, burying her 15-year-old son, Chen Liang, and his classmates. I went to the school to think about my child, but police beat me up and detained me for 21 days. My health was destroyed, and when I was discharged, my eyesight was impaired. I have been demanding justice over the tofu construction, but the court did not take up my case. After 10 years, they told me that since I didn't file a case in court, the deadline had expired. Ms. Zhou says she knows chances are slim that the government would apologize or give her compensation for her son's death. But she says she hopes the authorities would at least let her bury him in the public cemetery so he could be with his classmates. Her boy's remains now lie on the family's farmland, with authorities refusing permission for the cemetery burial in light of the mother's campaigning. Lu Biyu, whose son was also killed in the Juyuan High School collapse, told RTHK that she will continue her fight for justice, despite having been detained more than 50 times by the authorities. Every time I see a child that looks like him, or when I see his classmates, even only for a glance, I burst into tears. I remember the injustice. Why was he sacrificed? How can I forget it? I can't forget it. 
Ms Liu says she firmly believes that shoddy construction led to the school's collapse and she has been to various government departments over the years searching for someone who could be held accountable. Turning overseas, the Palestinian Red Crescent says more than 300 Palestinians have been hurt during clashes with the Israeli police at one of the most sensitive sites in Jerusalem. Israeli police fired stun grenades, rubber bullets and tear gas at stone-throwing protesters around Al-Aqsa Mosque. More than 20 police were injured in the violence. This woman accused the security forces of being heavy-handed. They closed all the doors. Only the injured can pass and they kept firing tear gas at women and children. Where is the conscience? Where is the international conscience? Is there humanity in the world? Is there freedom or not? God cursed them. A spokesman for the Israeli Prime Minister described the violence as a planned riot. Thousands of police have been deployed across Jerusalem ahead of an annual march, which is due to be held by Jewish nationalists. Emergency legislation has taken effect in the United States to keep fuel supplies flowing after cyber criminals targeted the country's largest pipeline on Friday. Colonial says its main pipeline remains out of action following the ransomware attack by a group known as Dark Side. The emergency status will allow fuel to be transported more easily by road. Gina Raimondo is the US Secretary of Commerce. It's a top priority for the administration. Unfortunately, these sorts of attacks are becoming more frequent. They're here to stay, and we have to work in partnership with business to secure, um, secure networks to defend ourselves against these attacks. Sport and a planned trip to Japan by the head of the International Olympic Committee to review preparations for this summer's Games has been postponed because of the coronavirus. Thomas Bach had been due to travel next week. Here's the BBC's Alex Capstick. The postponement of Thomas Bach's visit, which would have been his first since last November, comes as organisers struggle to convince people that the game should go ahead. The IOC president was told not to travel amid rising infection rates and the extension of emergency measures in Tokyo. Latest polls suggest domestic opinion is firmly opposed to the Olympics. The Prime Minister, Yoshihide Suga, was forced to deny claims that he's prioritised the games over the health and safety of the Japanese population. Meanwhile, test events are going ahead. The Olympic Stadium hosted an athletics competition on Sunday, although no spectators were allowed in. A reminder of our top stories tonight. Prosecutors in the SAR's first national security case say trial by jury isn't a right. A patient accused of misleading officials over an outbreak of a Covid variant is remanded in custody. And people held in a government quarantine camp say they were left sick and short of essentials like toilet paper. The news from RTHK. From our newsroom, Steve Dunthorne.
This is the music I love. This is the music to keep you company if you have any problems in uh, or epidemic or whatever. <laughs> This is the time to enjoy good music. Richard Clayderman, I will always love you. Wow. One of my favorite female singers, stepping into the spotlight, Miss Donna Shaw. Georgia, Georgia, the whole day through, just an old sweet song keeps Georgia on my mind. 